Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, welcome. Hello. Brilliant summer day, summer series. I'm Jenny, as I said, and uh, I've been in Jubilee Church for 16 years-ish. It's a long time, isn't it, love? And I'm married to James, uh, who sometimes leads the band, or kids' work, or whatever else I volunteer him for. Uh, I've also got two kids, hopefully causing havoc in children's work this morning. So there's a post-it note on my kitchen wall that I'd like to share with you this morning. It's from my small group, and it motivates me each morning. It says, well done for making it here this morning. Sometimes the school run can be a bit tough. God sees and he wants to speak to you today. I hope this can motivate and encourage you. Today we are looking at a short passage in Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. We're looking at Mary and Martha. This passage is actually only in Luke. There they are. Don't they look fabulous and white and westernised and clean? And They haven't been camping at New Day, have they? <laughs> So we see Mary and Martha a bit in John as well, John 11 and 12, Sorry, uh, but we're mainly focusing on Luke 10. Okay, so Luke. Luke was a Gentile doctor who worked with Paul on his travels and gained witness accounts to put this part of the Gospels together. He focuses, as a typical doctor would, on people and how Jesus interacts with them. So once again, we have a nurse trying to decipher a doctor's notes. (laughs) I think we need to pray. (laughs) My Father God, my wonderful holy friend, I invite you here. I invite you to speak through these words. I invite you to speak and for people to listen, for the congregation here to listen to what you have to say. Father God, come and bring your spirit now. Amen. So let's get cracking. Let's read the passage now. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset about all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. Wonderful. Okay. This passage sits between two heavyweight passages. Okay, so before we've got Jesus' golden rule, and the Good Samaritan, and after it, we've got the Lord's Prayer and our Seek Knock. You'd think that Luke would bring a breather into this stuff, but no, he keeps the heavyweights rolling. He keeps the punches coming. So our point today is to have, to aspire to have, a Martha mind with a merry heart. This is a famous passage about two unmarried sisters And we can often be told we're like one person or the other, can't we? Are you too busy for Jesus? Are you a Martha? Got to get the details done and then I'll spend time with Jesus. Yeah, be fine. Or are you someone like Mary who sits at Jesus' feet and does not move until he gives you the nod? I think I've always... Where are you on the scale, do you think? 
I've always been called a Martha. I don't know why. <laughs> In preparation for this sermon, I started off defending Martha fiercely. She's a hard-working lass. She gets a bad rep. I can relate to her. She wasn't having a bad day. I can relate to that. But actually, as I was... I've been challenged by Mary, actually, and Mary's attitude, her character, her response, her faith. Maybe I want to put a point across today that maybe there's a balance between these two women in who we can be. Maybe we need to have a Martha mind with a Mary heart. So what does that mean? So let's crack on. Let's start by looking at the Martha mind. Martha, along with Mary and Lazarus, lived in a little town called Bethany. It's about a few miles outside Jerusalem. And they're a fairly wealthy family. They happen to have a jar of perfume in the corner that Mary decides to go and pour over Jesus' feet later on. They have a very nice house that can feed and has room, they can feed people and teach 13 strapping men in their house. This is, this is a nice house. This is comfortable living. We could get behind this. Now, I wonder what smell reminds you of home when you walk through the door or what beckons you home from today, from your work. What smell is it that reminds you of home? Is it the slow cooker and that wonderful stew that's been going on all day? You open the door, oh, yes, dinner, that's what I need. Or maybe someone's been busy cleaning for you and you open the door, oh, bleach, that's wonderful, clean smell, nice, clean house. As, as if in our house. <laughs> or it's like my house where you get football boots and wellies, but you know you'll be loved. I wonder what smell reminds you of home. Now, the disciples were walking actually along the Good, Good Samaritan route. They were walking from North Samaria, or, is it? or Samaria, right down to Jerusalem. And that walk was hot, dusty, it was harsh in the heat. And these poor disciples were trying to strain to listen to Jesus in this environment. The thought of Martha's cooking was very enticing to these guys. Oh, a nice good dinner. Martha welcomes Jesus. Welcome, she says. Welcome Jesus and his disciples into her home. This would have included a servant washing feet, maybe bringing drinks around, food maybe, and actually letting the rabbi and his disciples take over her house, basically, and make, her, make them welcome What a welcome. What a welcome. Martha would have been cooking all day, literally. Jesus arriving wouldn't have been a surprise. She wouldn't open the door and go, oh, thank goodness I've cooked enough for everybody. That's handy. Especially as a Jewish first century custom was to invite rabbis and their disciples into your home when they were passing through. Reading between the lines, she would have prepared. She would have sent out a servant, invited Jesus to her house. Jesus was the talk of the age. This was a big deal. He was the miracle worker. She wanted him to her house. You know, she wanted to impress him. You know, hoovered carpets, the best crockery that you only get out for special occasions. Big dinner, the best stuff. This was a big deal. She was busy. The thing is, there's another reason for Jesus coming to her house. Because she knew who Jesus was. Not just some latest celebrity rabbi, but she knew the scriptures. And this is proven when Lazarus is raised from the dead. She calls Jesus the son of God. 
And she knows the Jewish law. She knows the Torah. She's a clever, generous, caring lady who knows the scriptures and knows her place in them. The BBC Sport um, have had a summer advert that uh, we know our place, whether it's the Lionesses winning, way, or if it's uh, tennis court or the athletics at the moment, we know our place. Well, Martha knew her place. She knew it was fulfilling the Jewish role as a woman to be hospitable and generous. Well done. But I think she maybe had trouble believing who Jesus really was. Did she rationalise Jesus, maybe? Try to put him in a box of rabbi? She doesn't seem to believe with her heart, only with her head. And in John 11, Jesus tells Martha to see the glory of God, not just a stick where her head can make sense of. Maybe that's sometimes what we struggle with too. Maybe having a Martha mind isn't enough. So let's look at Mary now. Let's look at the other sister. In this passage, it says that Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens to what he taught. Now, there's some commentaries which say this is very normal, and it was encouraged. Some actually say this was a huge risk take. She was risking her status, the name of the family, her identity, everything. She was sitting. She was sitting as if she was learning to be a rabbi. How dare she sit there? How dare she sit there? This was a male-dominated area, and the women were to be kept to the back rooms or the kitchen with the children. No, Mary's not allowed here. Thing is, though, Mary's seen as a bit of a risk-taker later on where she pours the perfume over Jesus' feet, isn't she? Maybe being a risk-taker for Jesus isn't always terrible. Maybe some people here are being asked to be risk-takers too. Maybe it's starting that spiritual gift you've been no I'm alright thanks maybe it's that talking to a neighbour that you find a bit awkward or maybe it's moving house and setting up a church plant either way stop, sit at Jesus' feet listen to him first so either way Mary knew the scriptures like Martha Great, but she followed her heart to sit and listen to Jesus instead of listening to her head, which was probably feeling guilty or anxious about not fulfilling her Jewish role as a woman. She wants to sit and listen. Oh, bliss. Spurgeon puts it quite nicely. So the engine of her soul was getting her steam ready. Love a steam train analogy. (laughs) In first century Judaism... The heart was a metaphor, not just for the knowledge and the mind, but also for the feelings and the emotion from a person. It's your inner fire. It's it's your beating rhythm that makes you, you. There's another example of, you can see Mary's heart quite clearly, where Jesus arrives to heal Lazarus, and Mary comes eventually to Jesus and barely gets a sentence together due to grief. Nonetheless, she knows who Jesus is. I wonder if your heart has led you anywhere. 
I wonder if your heart led you to Jesus initially. Maybe your head had to be convinced. One encounter, one encounter with Jesus. Like you said, one day, one encounter with Jesus rooted Mary's heart in him. That's it, Jesus. My life is yours. We sang about it, didn't we? This is shown again by the later of the anointing at Jesus' feet. Here is Jesus. Mary gets it. Here is Jesus. Why would she want to be anywhere else? She is carrying out Psalm 123, which says to keep your eyes fixed on your master for the slightest move. It's like if Jesus touched his beard, raised his eyebrows, made a face, made a smirk, anything at all. She was watching like this. She was like a servant watches their master. You know in sewing bee where they raise their eyebrows because something's gone wrong. I bet she would have seen that. Keep your eyes fixed on the master for the slightest move. This is like Mary has a laser-focused heart on Jesus. So much so that everything else, like getting the dinner ready, seems irrelevant. Because she knew the eternal treasure of knowing and sitting and listening to Jesus. The King of Kings was in front of her. Why would you want to be anywhere else? Wow. So what does Jesus do? Let's look at the other person in this picture. What does Jesus do? Well, on one side, he's got one sister who's following the Jewish law and doing a grand job. Fantastic. And on the other side, one sister who is following her heart and listening to Jesus speak. Firstly, Jesus speaks with love to Martha, and it diffuses the situation. My dear Martha, he says, He knows how hard she is working. He knows what's going on in her head. He knows how much she loves him and wants to serve him. And the thing is, he wants to love and serve her more. I wonder if there's anyone in church today who serves a lot. No, I do. Do you serve a lot? Maybe you work hard. Well, Jesus wants to serve you more than you serve the church. When if you're putting out a lot of love at the moment, you're serving a lot of people, you're having to love a lot of people at the moment. Well, Jesus wants to love you more. But the thing is, without Martha, there wouldn't be the hospitality, would there? The food, the welcome. Jesus tells Martha not to worry about the details. In Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus says not to worry about food or drink or clothes. We know that verse, don't we? Martha needed to choose and trust in this man in front of her who can feed 5,000 people in an afternoon or bring manna down from heaven to feed a nation for a few years. Come on, Martha, trust him. Martha may have known her place, but I think she needed to take a mental risk to actually trust this man. Even if that means other things don't work out as expected. She gets rejected from societal norms, which was a big deal in those days, in this days. Or the dinner goes cold or burns. I think Jesus can support and help with any situation. Choose Jesus first. 
one risk-taking encounter with Jesus can root your heart, as Mary found out. Following your heart can sound pretty um, Disney, can't it? I mean, you want to break into song here, swish your hair, all that stuff. But when you encounter Jesus, he takes that hair-swishing heart and he gives you one he can work in. It says in Ezekiel 36, doesn't it? Jesus is really, really interested in your heart today. Choose Jesus first and let him work in you. As the reward, Mary knew, it is eternal. So having a scripture-full Martha mind and a Jesus-focused heart like Mary can put faith into action. And actually makes risk-taking, well, pretty ordinary, I'm afraid. So being the generous, hospitable, caring person, like I'm sure you are, with a laser-focused heart on Jesus, where the spirit can move, can mean God's kingdom being easily built. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Right. What does this mean for me? It's nearly snack time. Well done, everyone. This is application. Okay, well done. You may know some of the Bible. Fantastic. You may know a lot of the Bible. Brilliant. Come to kids' work and teach. <laughs> you may know all the Bible and have read it all with a quiche in one hand. But every morning, like Martha, every morning, every worship session, every day, you still need to choose and trust in Jesus. Because of the cross, we no longer have to wait for Jesus to pass by and beckon him in like a Moroccan shop seller. Come in, Jesus. Come to my church. We have donuts. It's brilliant kids' work. Come and see. Come and see, Jesus. Come and see. No, if you have given your life to Jesus, he lives in you. He has given you a new heart. His spirit is here. Did you feel it in worship? Thank you, Jane. Brilliant worship. Did you feel the Holy Spirit working here in worship? He can teach us constantly and mould us if our minds and our hearts let him. So, he wants you to sit with him for a bit now. Like Mary. So your heart can be ready to do God's work like Martha. To bring the kingdom of God. That's our mission, isn't it? Everything, including revival, comes from faith and love in Jesus. Now, there's a picture I'd like to share with you from an artist called Siga Koda. It's a piece called Love Bade Me Welcome. So if you can't see it, it's a dark picture, I get it. So if you can't see it quite, put your hand up, and James has got some copies to hand round. And once again, being volunteered. <laughs> Sorry, he's used to it. <laughs> it's a picture of a meal with a group of people sharing communion. And Jesus' hands can be, just be seen at the bottom breaking bread. Around the table, there is a rabbi, a, pros- a prostitute in red, a beggar, an entertainer, a scholar, a grieving woman with a veil over her head, and an injured man, possibly from a concentration camp, as this was painted shortly after the war. In the background, there is the engravings of the prodigal son. Just about see that. Now, individually, have a think. What do you notice about the picture? What stands out to you most? You can talk to your friend or a neighbour if you like to. What stands out to you? What's the one thing that stands out? 
Which person do you most relate to in your life at the moment? Why? Maybe that needs prayer. Maybe if you're feeling a bit like the beggar there who can't even look at Jesus, maybe that needs a bit of prayer. Come and talk to us afterwards if you like that. So each person here is welcomed at the table. Even the beggar who can't even look at Jesus in the face. They and you are welcome to come and sit with Jesus. To let your heart be changed and refreshed. Oh, the refreshing of Jesus. Wonderful. And so to be his hands and his feet today that we need. Amen. The artist is called Siga Koda. I've actually got the book, I think I've got the book with me today. Um, and I'll, if anyone wants to have a look at the book with his other artist drawings as well, let me know. And uh, there's some other artists as well, which are really good too. Sorry.